Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading, streaming, and listening to the Spooky Doings podcast. My name is Rick Guzman. I'm an improviser from New York. Unfortunately, Chelsea will not be joining us on this episode. She's having a bad day, and I get it. Some days, you just fucking can't. And she's a dear friend of mine, and I get it. Whatever you got to do for your mental health is important. However, Chelsea's one of my dear friends, as you know from listening to this show, and I love her very much. So I will bust her lady balls because this is a show that I know she wanted to be here for because we got a very special guest, someone I ain't talked to directly in way too long because life gets in the way and the world went to shit. She is a writer. She is pursuing a degree in social work. She's a new mom. She's Latina, so she's got strong opinions. (laughs) <laughs> and she's previously improvised with us on Spooky Doings. Alessandra Calderon is on the show today. How are you, darling? I'm good, man. I'm I'm having a real mid-30s day. I woke up uh, with like a very bad pain in my neck. Um, so I'm, th- I'm three ibuprofens in. <laughs> so, speaking as a long and tooth motherfucker of 46, it don't get no better. <laughs> no, I know. I know. <laughs> you're gonna sneeze and it's gonna feel like your entire spinal column shot out of your body oh delicious <laughs> um uh joints will sound like bubble wrap oh my I, postpartum that's like i sound like a glow stick <laughs> which is funny because i remember you back in the day of improv you were a very physical uh, person with your performance and your dance. So I'm sure there was a time where you had some glow sticks and the hand movements to accompany them. And now you are one. <laughs> yeah. Well, to be fair, I mean, I was always, I've always been very cracky because I'm naturally very flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like my joints have always just needed a little extra, uh, but it's just like so much more now. <laughs> like my ankle will crack. My toes crack. It's crazy. Like everything <clears throat> cracks now. Uh, and that's the true horror. Yeah, it's <laughs> aging. But that's all right. I asked you to be on the show because uh, I follow you on social media. I see what you're up to uh, when you sporadically post. As as you've mentioned, you're a new mom. You ain't got a lot of time for that. But when you do, <laughs> it's gold. Oh, thank you. And you posted a couple things, and you had strong opinions about Alien. And I did. And and so that's what we're gonna start off talking about. Because I got my opinions. My opinions are different from your opinions. And I want to hear your opinions. And well, because I look at Alien in a in a different way. Uh, probably partly because of my Y chromosome. I look at it in the way you know that the corporation will try to fuck everybody, especially the little guy. And it's usually the little guy in this case, the wonderful. And logical space janitors played by Yafet Koto and Harry Dean stands and say, I'll do the thing that you want me to do. Just pay me. Just fucking yeah. pay me. I actually, I had a really long conversation with Michael Stevens about Yafet <laughs> and how he's the most attractive man in, in Alien because he's the only competent man. So, so, so competency is, is, is attractive. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, the only reason he died is like everyone else is an idiot. Um, he died because he was protecting the white lady who was also an idiot. 
Uh, that white lady being Nancy Cartwright. Not mm -hmm. Nancy Cartwright. Wasn't her. Nancy Cartwright does the voice of Lisa Simpson. Uh, Veronica Cartwright. Yeah. Different Cartwright. Are they related? I don't know. I we, don't know we've, we, we've had sexy Mike Stevens on the show before. I refer to him by that name because it's Mike Stevens. I mean, to be fair, he's my ex, so I agree. Yeah, he's a he's a sexy, sexy man <laughs> with uh, sexy opinions. Indeed. Um, but but enlighten me and our audience about what you posted and your observations upon. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, so just, before you do that, uh, yeah. this, was this your first time watching it or a revisiting? No, well, so I watched it um, as a kid. Mm -hmm. And then my second watch was actually a bit ago. It was like sometime in like 2020, 2021 pandemic time. Um, and the reason why I rewatched it is because uh, Ridley Scott produced that show Raised by Wolves. Oh my gosh, no one has heard of it and it got canceled after two seasons because they just didn't market it well enough, but it's insanely good. It's like very dark sci-fi. Mm -hmm. um, I'll give you like the quick premise. Basically, it's like these two androids have to raise human babies on another planet because like some sort of world war has like demolished Earth, which you get into later. It The way it unfolds is incredible. The two androids are amazing actors. Um, and and the guy from Vikings is also in it. Clearly it was not marketed well if most no. people have not heard of the show. Dude, it's so, it was on HBO Max. It was, huh. It's one of the most brilliant original things I've seen in decades. Um, but then it got canceled. I'm so upset about it. Uh, Corpor like, corporations don't back brilliant original things. They want oh, I know. They uh, want well-established intellectual properties. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so watching that, I was like, let's revisit Alien. Um, and so we, we I, with full intention of watching the whole series, but we didn't get past Alien. And by we, I mean my husband and I. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and then after about a year after that, I got pregnant, had a baby. And then a few weeks ago, months ago, time doesn't exist to me anymore. I stumbled across this text post, which I will read to you for context. Um, so it's a tweet that says, I mean, the scariest thing the men who wrote Alien could think of was a living thing taking up residence in your to torso, then bursting out of you. And I was like, very relevant to my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's like these Tumblr text posts in response um, that say, I mean, I know you're taking the piss, but Dan O'Bannon has talked at length about how he did very much deliberately write the movie to attack a male character in a way that invoked oral rape and violent childbirth because he wanted the film to create sexual anxiety and fear in the men in the audience, which he felt was an untapped potential in horror. And then there's a quote uh, from a Screen Rant article. Dan O'Bannon specifically wrote the scene with the male's fear of penetration in mind and wanted the scene to operate as a payback of source for all the times horror films have subjected weak women to male predatory monsters. His goal was to reverse the stigma associated with the sexualized violence against women in horror and turn the idea back on itself. It's no coincidence that the chestburster's birth involves a forceful invasion of male-bodied victims and concludes with a phallic entity being born out of a male's chest. So I was like, God damn. And, I love and, that. I love and to that. To all our listeners, Alessandra's bringing more receipts and data than most of our guests and, <laughs> and our hosts, to be honest. 
I'm usually freestyling, keeping it loose. You're you're there. You've got a pen. You've got your glasses. You've got you're you're ready to bring the thunder. And I dig yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, so I don't know. Well, as someone who has recently gone through the process of you know growing an entity in my body and having it forcefully ejected, uh, I and sort of like a very real life horror to this is the maternal mortality rate has actually risen from 2020 to 2021 in the United States. The maternal mortality rate shot up um, an alarming amount. And a lot of that, it's very complex why, um, but it just really brings into perspective, right? Like you see these people dying in alien and it's like childbirth still, it's rare, right? Mm -hmm. Like even though the rate has risen and it's 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 still rare in in modern societies um but it's still a very real risk um and a real i mean it's definitely a fear i had when i was close to my the end of my third trimester because you know you hear all these stories about preeclampsia or eclampsia and hemorrhaging and uh blood clots that like get misdiagnosed so there was this reddit story actually about uh, a woman who who died of a blood clot that they didn't catch right after giving birth and it I read it a few months before I gave birth and was just sobbing and I was like I don't want to leave you alone with our baby <laughs> uh I'm fine thankfully luckily yes that, that, uh, that's a wonderful thing but I mean I know plenty of people who had had really hard I mean I had a really hard birth it was I was healthy and fine but I was in labor for 30 hours there, there's there's nothing on this planet I want to do for 30 hours yeah exactly. it was rough. <laughs> Yeah, it was rough. I like. I was like, we'll see. Like, I'll I'll maybe get an epidural, but like, I want to I want to try to do it without it. I went twenty. I lasted twenty four hours, and and by then I was like, I can't. I cannot. After like not sleeping for a whole night, and I was like, oh, we have another night ahead of us. I cannot do this anymore. Spite and, will only get you so far. Spite and determination. Sooner or yeah. later, you gotta you gotta relent. And yeah. I, and yeah, my my finite human brain can't imagine what women go through, the changes in them, in that, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would assume that it, you feel like your body isn't yours anymore for a bit of time there. That, yeah. That, that, that uh, I'm going to use this term just because of the topic. Something alien is in you, and and you feel, it. and that's where it's a a little bit different, and why it's it's definitely scarier uh, watching the film uh, as a male because it's sudden, it, it's it's unknown. It just yeah, you know, you're there, you're having dinner, you're having a laugh, handsome ass Yafet Kodos there on your right. <laughs> Uh, and 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 you had a weird nap with some some stuff on your face, and then now, pliff. Whereas you know you've got uh, let's say at least eight months of knowing for sure something's happening inside you. Yes, the the gradual Maybe. process of it is uncomfortable, but yeah. it helps you get used to the idea. Mm -hmm. And then. It, it's gotta come out <laughs> yeah and and that's an ordeal and it doesn't surprise me that the the mortality rate uh shot up uh 
because of a pandemic uh, and what doctors were going through combined with the fact that a lot of doctors don't listen to women and that's a damn shame probably mostly because they're dudes uh, but you know if, if someone's telling you hey I feel this way well, check that out uh, I know insurance might not let you but do it yeah well and of America. course yeah yeah America for sure and my my OB I did I had a practice with three OBs one was a woman and two were men um and one of the men was my favorite one and he was the one that was on call uh when I was giving birth and he, like I will say he was great like it's it's definitely not a men thing there are men who do listen to women he was like a week after I gave birth, I called at two in the morning and he was again, the one on call. And I was like, I can't sleep. I'm losing my mind. Like there's the medicine that I used to take when I was pregnant, but I don't know if it's okay when I'm breastfeeding. And he was like, calm down, like, just take it. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, so there are men who listen to women, uh, but the system as a whole has a lot of problems depending on your access to hospitals, your race, very unfortunately, your socioeconomic class, um, all have a, have huge bearings on your maternal outcomes, which is a shame. I mean, it's not a shame. It's it's brutal and horrific. It's it's a horror film. It is. It is. Which uh, uh, there's a couple of things I want to touch on uh, l pertaining to the film. Men listening to women. So yeah. Yeah, we, we we spoke about this on a previous episode because you know, I watched a lot of movies during the the lockdown when I wasn't working because yeah. the fuck else did I have to do? Um, and all of this could have been avoided if if a if a man in this case as a robot listened to a woman and maintained quarantine protocols. Don't bring <laughs> the guy in with a, a a being on his face onto the ship but the corporation wanted to do that. So that's my way of looking at, at this film. Uh, the corporation will put everybody expendable. Uh, and, and that definitely reflected over the past three years. Well, and I think, I think both perspectives are so poignant and mm -hmm. important because like the corporations, the government have so much control over our bodies in this country. Yeah, the fuck, man. <laughs> like our insurance is tied to our jobs. Mm -hmm. And it shouldn't be. No, absolutely not. It's the, you need the most insurance when you're not working. Yeah, exactly. Already this episode <laughs> is taking a turn <laughs> down alleyways that we so very rarely go down. Uh, but are welcome. I think I'm going to come off more like a uh, a W. Kamau Bell than a Mick Garris on this one. Uh, and I realize I'm yeah. comparing I mean, myself to... Alien is so politically charged. Yes. <laughs> um, so another thing. Uh, you know, you're, 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 you're younger than me. So I feel a natural uh, affinity and protectiveness towards you as someone that I shared the stage with. So, and if this question is too personal, uh, I'll, I'll retract it and I'll apologize. But making a person <laughs> at this time, and I realize it's always the worst time in history to make a person. Mm -hmm. 
but isn't that scarier than most horror movies? Like, like I, I know you and your husband are probably happy because you love each other and you're making a person, but then you're looking at the world you're going to bring this person is and, and, and in and think, fuck. Oh, it's not too personal. It's something we talked about a lot, actually. Um, it was very scary. And there are definitely days where, um, where it was scarier than others. Um, but there's, there's a couple layers to it. The first layer is, um, which is a perspective that my husband brought to the table, uh, is that, I mean, people have had babies during way worse times. People had babies during the bubonic plague. People had babies during World War II, World War One, uh, like, and despite a lot, a lot of horrible things happening right now, on a macro perspective, as a whole, humanity is doing better than it was twenty years ago. Not in every single facet of things, but like like abject global poverty, the numbers are slightly better than they used to be. So progress is much slower than we want it to be, but progress does eventually happen. Um, another thing is I'm, I'm ha I have a son, he's, he's six months old now. And I, I think it's a, I, I, the responsibility of raising a good man is very important to me. Um, and so I am looking, thank you. Uh, you know, and you know, a man who is both Hispanic and Jewish, but very white passing. I mean, my husband's Jewish, but he's blonde with blue eyes. Uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm pretty white passing as well, but you know, to have those two identities and also, you know, to, to look a certain way and have certain privileges because of the way he looks and also to be raised as a good empathetic person who lifts other people up but like i'm i'm really looking i mean I'm, i hope i do a good enough job that i'm getting really emotional <laughs> um but i hope i do a good enough job that uh you know my son contributes to the world being a little bit better um I, I'm I'm not familiar with your husband, but speaking just just on, on on the you half, you've always been a a fucking beacon of positivity since <laughs> I've known you. So I, I I think you're you're a bit ahead of the game. I hope so. Thank <laughs> on you on that one, and Thanks. and having that conscious uh, uh, decision about you, um, uh, th that's a good sign. However. <laughs> Yeah, to get back to the horror aspect. <laughs> one more thing. Yeah. I also know Latin moms are very determined. <laughs> so if you set yourself on it, it, it it's going to happen. But yeah, bringing it back into the horror and watching the movie. So what did you think about it as a whole? Besides just the fear of, yeah, yeah, boys, we're going to put something inside you and it ain't going to feel great. <laughs> Um, well, uh, there's so many different layers of alien that are, that are so interesting. I mean, there's, first of all, there's, the, <laughs> this is one thing we talked about a lot when we were watching it. The aesthetic of it is, mm -hmm. is wonderful to watch. I mean, it's like that very cool. It's almost got like an homage to Metropolis 
kind of vibe, like a very German expressionistic uh, aesthetic to it. You mean like the H.R. Geiger uh, sets and, and the creature? Yeah, and like the room, the room where where uh, Yafet Kodo dies in, like with, mm -hmm. with the chains. Mm -hmm. But it's also the most impractical ship I've ever seen in a sci-fi horror film. Yeah, why, why are there chains dangling and that room is just very wet in yeah, space? Like in <laughs> like it's it was very much designed for aesthetics and not practicality, which I think is something that we lost a lot in film. I think we have we want to make things like so realistic. We don't go as much for the aesthetic, mm -hmm. um, which I think is something that's really nice about film. Um, and kind of off, kind of tangential, but like everything everywhere all at once does not harp and like think too intensely about the logic and the science of the way that their world works. They just want to play with ideas, mm -hmm. which is so refreshing. Could be hot hot dog fingers, could be butt plug kung fu. Yeah. Just take the idea and, and give it give it a fucking shape. Yeah. Like I I feel like so many movies lack that creativity where we can't just take these wild departures from reality, which Alien really does in the in the aesthetic aspect of things. If only because when it takes out Tom Skerritt, the alien does jazz hands at him. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, and then, I mean, I don't know, there's Sigourney Weaver, who's just like the ultimate sexual awakening for, for lesbians and bisexuals everywhere. Oh my goodness. I mean, and straight men too, I'm assuming. There's... Uh, she never did anything for me. I, no. I, I respect her, but uh, I'm more of a Pam Greer guy. Oh, fair enough. That, um, that's just my taste. I mean, everyone's taste is different, but she has a, a very wide appeal for a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. um, and she kind of, she's one of those 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 uh, legends that paved the road for so many final girls. After, yeah. The specific kind that became badass. Yeah. Uh, and weren't just surviving by luck or the skin of their teeth like a yeah like a laurie strode like you can trace the line of ripley to nancy thompson in nightmare on elm street very clearly i'm not as much of a horror buff as you uh i'm more of a casual but that mm -hmm. that's very interesting yeah N nancy went and like made booby traps to fuck freddie up and and kick his ass directly whereas laurie strode just she got lucky because Dr. Loomis showed up and shot Michael Myers in the face. He shrugged it off as yeah. he does. <laughs> For sure. But yeah, so, so not being so entire, is that why you didn't continue down the Alien films? Because I typically stop at three. <laughs> oh, I just, I mean, you know, just stuff happened. We, so in 2021, my husband and I went on a, a four month road trip in a, in a military vehicle. Uh, yes, I, I saw those posts. You look like yeah. you were on the Fury Road. It we was were. <laughs> weird. <laughs> uh, it was super fun. It was hot, uh, but it was weird. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, so he, he bought it off this guy in North Carolina who he basically bought the truck at military auction um, and kind of built the living space himself because he was he was a nuclear engineer and he had to travel a lot for work but he didn't want to like he didn't want an RV he wanted something that would last long so he he 
souped up this truck, uh, but then was kind of getting old and, and wanted to, to pass it on. And he actually passed away while we were on the road. So we like poured one out for him. Bruce, a legend. There, there, there's a movie here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been writing uh, like little shorts about it. We like blew a tire in Utah. Uh, we got stuck in a canyon outside of Jackson, Wyoming. It was, I got really bad allergies and had to go to urgent care and and had a steroid shot for the first time, which I do not recommend. It was awful. Uh, I felt crazy. But anyways, all that to say, that's why we I didn't continue the Alien series. I ju we just ran out of time. Um <laughs> And then I got pregnant and I'm, I'm like much more sensitive about mm -hmm. what I watch. Um, like we started watching House of the Dragon. Could not finish the first episode. I was like, we're done here. Mm. And then last night we saw the finale of Last of Us, which I don't mm -hmm. know if you've seen, but I That's... cried a, a lot. That makes sense. Now, have you ever seen Aliens or Alien 3? As a small child. Okay. So I don't. Yeah. You're, you're gonna you're gonna want to wait on aliens because because Ripley finds a young girl who goes yeah. by the name of Newt and gets very protective of her. So wait a yeah. bit would, yeah, be, yeah. would be my suggestion. Yeah, yeah. I'm and and three, everybody just ball headed. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that, but I I do have like a a vague image of what you're talking about. Because mm -hmm. they're on some interstellar space colony and so they right. don't have to worry about lice everybody shave everybody's hairless <laughs> oh my gosh speaking of space horror mm -hmm. have you ever read uh the no but go on <laughs> oh uh the, the what's it called three body problem series no oh man I think they're making a Netflix series, okay. so you may be able to enjoy it if you're not a big reader. Um, I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I've gotten awful with reading, but I don't read a lot of space horror. So when you've just prefaced it like that, yeah, I know the enough. answer was no, but go on. Yeah, I mean, it's more, it's more dark sci-fi, uh, but it's very intense. Uh, it's Shinjin Liu is the author. He's, he's Chinese and it's a it's a more realistic it's the most realistic and interesting take on like what if aliens what if aliens no no what like what if aliens exist basically okay. or like what if what if we made some sort of contact um i it, it depends i'd probably be very scared but depending on the day uh particularly there was some a couple weeks ago like when all that spy balloon business was happening, I'm like, can we let the, I, I, I remember the Bill Hicks joke. Can we let the aliens land, please? They might be here to pick me up. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my, that's my feeling it's, it's like, for sure. Take me away. You can do whatever you want to my butthole. Just get me away from all of this madness. So, so this does not go that route at all. <laughs> um, and I, I cannot explain to you why without super spoiling it. Well, I'll just leave it, it there. Maybe I'll pick it up. I I, I do have uh, a, a a behavior. Uh, I really got to keep it in check. Where I'll go into a bookstore and I'll buy a book and I'll put it in the pile and it'll be there when I get to it slowly but surely. Strangely enough, I find I can only really really concentrate on reading in bulk while I'm donating platelets. Oh, weird. <laughs> 
interesting. But I do it frequently enough that you know I I manage to to carve out a chunk in whatever it is I'm reading. Uh, but that's okay. Alien the the films will be there when you're ready. Uh, yeah. I, I I wish that Alien vs Predator was uh, more erotic, but that's just me. <laughs> I think I think they're missing the opportunity of making that a love story. Oh man, yeah, enemies to lovers. Yeah, exactly. The ultimate, <laughs> like Godzilla and Kong. Exactly. Now, that <laughs> one was sexy. <laughs> Do some stuff with that tail. But speaking of lovers, and here's where I say to Chelsea, she edits this. Should have hung out, but that, yeah, it's all right. I'm busting her balls because I care. Uh, you also have strong opinions of the, the trio I call the Dracula Boys. And Chelsea and I have spoken about this uh, on a previous episode about uh, Lucy's suitors in Dracula. And she talked yeah. about it on the film, but you read the book. So I'm curious to hear what you say. Now, are, have you also seen the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula? I have. Okay, so speak on it and let me know if there's any differences between oh my what, gosh. what Bram There's Stoker wrote and what Coppola did. So many differences. I mean, Coppola's version is probably the truest to the book out of any other vampire iteration that's out there, but it only insofar as like he has all the characters, the mm. the the vi the vibes are off, you know. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't recall seeing those characters in any other Dracula. No, I, especially Quincy Morris, who is the best character ever written. It's basically Bram Stoker's hard on for cowboys, and it's <laughs> incredible. It's incredible. Um, hard so, on for cowboys is a song is the title of Orville Peck's next album. Go on. <laughs> oh, beautiful. So, so what I didn't realize is that. Um, I lost my train of thought. Hold on. That's okay. It'll come back. Okay. So what I, what I didn't realize is that the the novel Dracula, like in every other vampire franchise ever, starting with you know the the actual Dracula series to Castlevania to you know the Anne Rice novels to Twilight to whatever the vampires are the sexy ones right like the vampires are these like sexy ethereal unattainable beings like mm -hmm. Dracula in Bram Stoker's novel is gross yep he's gross no one likes him but the book is very sexy because of what Tumblr has dubbed actually the polycule mm. um and I mean, and it's not just the, the the suitors, it's like Lucy and Mina's relationship. And then it's Mina and Jonathan, like everyone's, they're all very sexy, um, not overtly sexy in like a very 1800s yeah. kind of way. In an old timey sexy with, yeah, long, yeah, yeah. with longing looks and perhaps the, the brushing against the fingers. Yeah. And then like the, the three dudes. So we've got Quincy Morris, uh, American cowboy. Uh, we've got Jack Seward, a uh, psychiatrist, um, at a time when psychiatry was very horrific. Um, and then we've got uh, Sir Arthur Golding, um, who is the one that Lucy agrees to marry before she meets her untimely demise. And so the three of them are like working together, even though like 
she's only marrying one of them. Like they all still love her. And then they like love each other. Like, let me, I have to read you this passage. Please. It's so good. I'm going to uh, do my best to keep my pants on. Where I'm okay. Going. So this is, so the, the, um, the novel is in the perspective of diaries. So mm -hmm. we have Dr. Seward's diary, who's a psychiatrist, and he's the one who is treating Renfield, the, which they're making a movie of. I'm very excited. Yes. Have you seen the trailer for it? I have. Yes. Oh my gosh. With Nick Cage's Dracula. It's going to be amazing. Um, and Nicholas Holt as Renfield, who is my favorite. I love him. Anyways, so so in Dr. Seward's diary, he goes, uh, this, is, this is after Lucy dies. It's, it is all, after, well, no, after they kill her as a vampire. So it is all over. Arthur has gone back to Ren and has taken Quincy Morris with him. What a fine fellow is Quincy. I believe in my heart of hearts that he suffered as much about Lucy's death as any of us, but he bore himself through it like a moral Viking. If America can go on breeding men like that, she will be a power in the world indeed. Just a, just a high plains drifter with a broken heart. Oh my gosh. And mm. then... And then here... Uh, there's another there's another Quincy passage. He was in a torture of suspense regarding the woman he loved and his utter ignorance of the terrible mystery which seemed to surround her intensified his pain. His very heart was bleeding and it took all the manhood of him and there was a royal lot of it too to keep him from breaking down. There was a royal lot of it too. I think that's Jonathan's diary actually. <laughs> and then... Final one. This is Van Helsing talking to Quincy. So for anyone who's not familiar, while they're treating Lucy when she's like getting sicker and sicker and weaker and weaker and they don't know why, we know it's because Dracula's drinking her blood, but she's just, they're like just trying to give her blood. So first Arthur gives her a transfusion and then Seward gives her a transfusion. And then when it's Quincy's turn, Van Helsing is like, a brave man's blood is the best thing on earth when a woman is in trouble. You're a man and no mistake. Well, the devil may work against us for all he's worth, but God sends us men when we want them. <laughs> like everyone is about Quincy Morris and I love it. And, and now I'm extra pumped up for the next time I donate platelets. <laughs> yeah. So I pose this question to Chelsea. I'm going to pose it to you now. Fuck Mary Kill with the Dracula boys. How's it going down? Oh my gosh! So the three, the three of them. Yes. Oh man. Oh. Take as I much mean, time as you need. No, uh, no. I think this one's pretty easy. I okay. mean, I would marry Arthur, because uh, I mean, like he's a lord. He's got money. He's like. <laughs> You're gonna be like, all right. In that time when I can't work, like. Mm -hmm. You know, probably easy I, on the eyes too. Yeah, he's. I think she. He is described as the hottest of them. Mm -hmm. But Quincy, right. no questions asked. Mm -hmm. Like several times, if possible. Right. Um, and kill Jack Seward because, like, psychiatry in that in that time was 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 fucked up. And I don't know. We just can't poke holes in people's brains and say Bro. they're better now. And also he like lives in the insane asylum. Like, I don't want to live at the insane asylum. Are you crazy? I don't think uh, London rent is cheap. So, you know, hey, you you, you got to get a place where you can. Well, no, I think he like had to live there to kind of oversee the in 
inmates, patients, mm. whatever. So that's my fuck Mary kill for sure. Yeah. What was Chelsea's? Uh, I don't recall, but I, I know uh, uh, you can go back and listen to our episode, Whole Lot of Draculas, and, okay. and, and find out what it is. So again, Chelsea, should have hung out. You might have oh. been, you, you might have changed her mind uh, from what she had said originally, because, you know, she, she's susceptible. She, she loves a good point of view. I'm uh, strong. I'm, I feel very strongly regarding the the, the Dracula book. She also felt uh, that for the film, since those three actors were kind of uh, uh, trying to build camaraderie, they would like do shit together uh, during their off hours, like get go on a hot air balloon ride together. And Chelsea wants footage of that. I don't know if any of it exists. Oh, dude! Not just that, but throughout the book. They talk about how the three of them used to like randomly go on adventures together. Like they were all friends before. As, like, as men do. Yeah. And I want the prequel to that. Like Tumblr. Ha so I keep referencing Tumblr because I discovered as I was reading it that there's this thing called Dracula Daily where this person uh, took all of the and the diary entries of Dracula, which takes place, I want to say it's from like January to October or like from March to October of one year. And so they send the diary entries like each day that they're supposed to be. And so it was essentially like a several thousand person book club that convened together on Tumblr. And that's one of the things that the internet is good for. Yeah. <laughs> But so some people are like, I bet that like Jack and Arthur like became friends at some sort of school because like Jack was really smart. And so he made it to school and then Arthur kind of took him under his wing and then footed the bill for them to go to America where they found this little cowboy who like now comes to see them in London. <laughs> well, if Renfield is a success as a movie. Maybe somebody out there feels the same way that you and Chelsea and these Tumblr folks do. And, and, and you might get a movie about, about the Dracula boys before they have to go to London and deal with Dracula. They could deal with some uh, some American Western horror. Yeah. Something spooky yeah. that they got to they gotta put it down so that the people, are, the town folk can live peacefully. Yeah. Oh, and maybe there could be some sort of like uh like i really like how i hate the word woke but people are being more conscious about how uh we're, they're portraying different mm -hmm. uh but particularly i'm i'm thinking particularly of indigenous folks um and so perhaps some sort of like accurate historical representation where like, like a, the dracula boys are on the side of the indigenous folk against right. like western like, bullshit like a like a wendigo or something yeah oh yeah i'm thinking i'm thinking about how wednesday uh mm. utilized kind of like native american history into the characterization and i, I haven't watched wednesday because i was never a big adams family fan no. should i watch wednesday i mean it's a teen show okay and it's not that scary. Mm. So I don't know if it's up your alley, but I I I enjoyed it. Okay. I personally I did not love uh Morticia and Gomez in this version. Um 
Catherine Zeta-Jones just like plays Catherine Zeta-Jones. Fair. And I don't know, I just, Angela Houston will always be Morticia to me. That, 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 that happens a lot. People uh, love a thing, it gets remade, and then you're automatically going to compare it yeah. uh, to that thing. Um, I, I, I have had a soft spot for Luis Guzman ever since Carlito's way, but that's yeah. inevitable. I mean, I love him too, but he just played Luis Guzman. Like right. it wasn't, he wasn't suave, you know? He wasn't the, bringing the Raul Julia. No, oh my God, Raul Julia is perfection. <laughs> uh, but I will say they did a flashback scene with the two of them and the younger actors they cast as them, I thought were very good. All right then. Anyways, <laughs> back to Dracula. I, I, I got nothing. So what else do you want to I know. We're just like, I'm just all over the place. That's all right. That's how we do. We I mean you brought you brought uh, all, all this data and notes and things, and I appreciate all that work. You even told me, like, yeah, I want to want to refresh my notes ahead of time. And I'm like, notes? What's that like? Anyway. Well, I just I just want to remember the things that I felt strongly enough about for us to have this conversation. And I appreciate that. You you put in the work. Uh, and I wouldn't have you any other way. You're that kind of badass. Yeah. So normally, as we land this plane, uh, uh, I, I typically, definitely pre-pandemic, would ask anybody if they got anything they want to plug. Uh, and I'll ask you, and I, I'm pretty sure I know what the answer is. <laughs> um, no, I don't. <laughs> I, I have a baby, so that's what I'm working on right now. Mm -hmm. um, however... Someday in the near future, uh, I will probably send out another newsletter with with what I'm up to. Um, probably once I finish my degree and get some time to start writing again. Um, and so that can be found on my website, alessandracaldron.com. Um, and I'm on Instagram at bone b o n e dot seed s e e d. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna chat with me on the internet, um, but otherwise, I am uh, keeping a small human alive who just tried ricotta for the first time today. Right on, right on. Yeah. Yeah, you can check out Spooky Doings on Instagram, uh, Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. Still looking for a new venue and not being very successful with that. A lot of places closed. And then oh my closed. gosh! Yeah. What was the bar that we used to do it at? Triple Crown. They closed? Uh, the bar is still there. They're not doing improv in the basement anymore. I mean, I guess the basement was very stuffy. Right. <laughs> Probably a big infection vector. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm at Rick Guzman 718 on the Tweety. Uh, and I'm going to say that you can come back anytime. If you see Renfield, whenever you get around to it and want to talk to us about it, our door is open. And hopefully Chelsea oh my will gosh. be here. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. All right, then it'll be a good time. That invitation is extended and accepted. And it was so wonderful talking to you. It's been too oh long. Oh my gosh, I know, I miss you. I Give Chelsea my love. I will. And a big hug to you uh, virtually. And one of these days you're going to end up in New York. Or, and uh... Yeah, I'll be up actually sometime. I don't know when yet, but sometime in the fall. Uh, All right, cool. I, my in-laws live in New York. All right, and... when I see you, you're going to have a decision to make. So you got time to think about it. Do you want a regular hug or one of those where I lift you off the ground and spin you around at least once? 
Oh, come on. You know it's number two. All right, cool. That I had a feeling it would be. And to all our listeners, in the meantime and in between time, stay good, stay healthy, and stay spooky.